0: Hello, I'm Wayne and this is my Iron Maiden podcast Sponsored by Carling Black Label Average lager found in most pubs in the year 2000 But cans of it shouldn't be taken into a hall of mirrors On these shows I look at the songs of Iron Maiden One by one, in order And how they influenced me growing up as a boy In 1980s and 1990s Birmingham And now in the year 2000 Because I'm covering the Brave New World album This week I'm looking at a song called The Fallen Angel which is track 7 on the Brave New World album. Last week I looked at Dream of Mirrors and had some feedback on the show. You might remember that Pterodactyl Mark looked for the truth. He was given a question about whether people dream in black and white or colour. I suppose he succeeded in this mission. But what he didn't succeed in was his description of the film Labyrinth I had a message from Joe Wilkes saying that it wasn't a mirror that Sarah smashed in the labyrinth. It was some sort of bubble she was in. So that's interesting. Maybe I'll have to go and watch the film and then I can sort of have an opinion on this. But uh, yeah, maybe he wasn't quite right. So that's, that's put him down a peg or two, hasn't it? All that love he's been getting lately. Yeah, maybe he's not been that accurate after all. Similar concerns from Goldie Wilson, who once again has been in touch about Adrian Smith's book. And he says, Where's he gone? You know, we've had that cliffhanger the other week about that trail of gobstoppers, and he wants to know what's going to happen next. Oh, bad news for you. He's not here this week, so you're going to have to wait another week, aren't you? I can't control it. You know, it's whether he gets in touch. I don't think he likes this sort of feedback. So maybe maybe it be nice. I had a message as well from Kate Lockley about Trevor's poem. There's going to be more about Trevor's poems later, because I had quite a few comments. This one in particular was a bit weird, because she said about last week's poem that she enjoyed Trevor's craft work. But she spelt craft and work wrong, which is really quite strange. Anyway, onto the fallen angel. And, uh, yeah, opens quite nicely. First couple of seconds, quite good, some good intent. A bit of menace maybe But underneath there's this feeling that some cheese is coming Overall it sounds a bit jaunty Maybe like the weaker moments of some of those classic era songs From Peace of Mind or Power Slave You know you can nod along a bit but can't get too excited Now, it's at the end of this section where the cheese is particularly pungent. Listen to this. (music) That sounds like the sort of thing you play at the end of a joke, you know, like a Badum Tish, uh, sort of, yeah, a little jingle. I don't like this. I don't want Iron Maiden to be seen as fun. You know, I'm sure they can have fun, like all of us. You know, I can relax and let my hair down. But they're serious. A serious band. This is why I find it quite annoying when people refer to this as a comedy podcast. Now, the first line says, Azazel is beside you and is playing a game.
1: Azazel is beside you and he's playing a
0: game. Now, this first line, that led to a question, you know, something intended for pterodactyl marks, look for the truth. Guy LeBlanc asked on Spotify, he says, What game is Azazel playing? Any hope that that'll get to Pterodactyl, Mark? But I sort of mentioned it in passing last week, but I felt that he's been on two weeks in a row, and, and to be on three weeks in a row, that, that's just too much. So what the question means is, what board game is he playing, I think? Is he saying, what sort of game will does or play? Now, first of all, I'd say it doesn't really matter who it is. We can immediately rule some games out from the lyric, because he says, he's beside you. You know, like sitting beside you, side by side. And you can't play games like chess or drafts side by side, so it can't be those. Or battleships, unless you use paper and pen, rather than that posh electronic one that Mahmood the Penguin Khan had. Now, Azazel was a demon, and he allowed humans access to forbidden knowledge, and that's why he's a fallen angel. That, that's sort of going back to the song a bit. But in, in a games context, that suggests he wouldn't be much fun to play a Trivial Pursuit either, you know, giving humans the answers, he'd, he'd be helping out Uncle Ron, wouldn't he, on Boxing Day with all those entertainment questions that have got a 21st century slant you know, he ain't got a clue, but Azazel, he'd help him, wouldn't he his fallen angel, that's cheating also, this character of Azazel, he's seen as the scapegoat, that's what he's known for and, and as a result of that I don't think he'd be very fun to play Cluedo with either because everyone would just blame him wouldn't they they think his character did it so yeah I wouldn't even bother getting out my trademarked Iron Maiden Cluedo for him so I suppose I haven't answered that and I don't know if Pterodactyl might have done a better job but uh, yeah certainly rule out a few things but let's get back to the song it says demons are inside you and they're making their play so yeah we're not still on the game here they're inside you they're controlling you that's the game, and, and this verse, yeah, this isn't a bad start. It, it sounds okay. Then the next bit, uh, yeah, that, that, it starts to get a bit strange because I think there's too many lyrics for the lines, too many syllables. You
1: know
0: Now it's almost like a tongue twister you know, like red lorry, yellow lorry, or Peter Piper pecked a pick of peckle, Peter Piper pecked a pick of peckle, three free fridge mum, three, three, three free, three free, three free, three free fridge thermometers, things like that. Although it's not a tongue twister in the way that the words are hard to say together because they all have similar starting letters or, or whatever it is. Um, There's just too much of it to sort of get out. And then there's another new bit, and this is the chorus, but it isn't obvious immediately, I don't think. It doesn't change into it, and it's not a dramatic, catchy thing. It just goes on and then it repeats. So that's what makes it a chorus, the the repetition, really. Then we go back to the intro so you know nothing nothing fancy and then he mentions the song title at the start of the second verse now also in the second verse he mentions Armageddon and that recalls the chorus doesn't it that could it be that it's the end of the world so yeah not, not impressed so far and sometimes when I hear this song I feel like saying Armageddon out of here so yeah, this chorus, let's go back to that. And, and Well, it comes back again now, doesn't it? I've whizzed through the song. Um, there's odd phrasing. Uh, it's sort of awkward almost. And I wonder if that's clumsy or is this revolutionary? You know, what, how do we feel about Iron Maiden? What, what end of the spectrum is this on? What is good, though, is Nico's work in the kit during these sections. You can sort of tell he's making up for that snare silliness in Dream of Mirrors. So while the chorus repeats, in the second bit of it... You get a little faint diddle-diddle guitar that adds to it.
1: We
0: I had a message from Denny Stratton this week. It's time to put on your talcum powder and red leather trousers. It's time to go.
2: Beyond the stratosphere Bringe your eyes, frayed bent, pies In a world full of
0: magic So don't you strive When you reach the stratosphere
2: It's time to go Beyond the stratosphere It's time to go beyond the stratosphere. La 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 la
1: la 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 la. Hello, Wayne. Dennis Stratton here. Oh, the fallen angel. That's good fun, isn't it? The three guitarists having fun, I imagine, together in the studio in the streets together having a burger and chips having a chuckle all head in the clouds with a mouthful of pie Yeah, it's funny they brought Adrian in and kept the all guitarist in the band this time not like 1981 I hear Adrian is using a wah-wah pedal on this song I wonder where he got that idea from Hang on, I suppose they could have had three guitarists in the band in the 80s if they'd just asked me I'd have been okay with that and could have used some of my vocal harmony ideas for those songs on the Killers album. Yeah, and I'd have written more songs than Dave did in the 80s. Yeah, that's for sure. I'd have told him to put Total Eclipse on Number of the Beast as well, instead of Gangland. So yeah, that would have been nice. Look what he could have won. Never mind. I'm glad Trevor's enjoying Gladiators. That Giant's a big chap, isn't he? Six for five. That's probably why he's called Giant. <laughs> He's an inch shorter than Apollo and Bionic, though. That's interesting. Who's it's the Chinese New Year, Wayne. The Year of the Dragon. I was born in the Year of the Dragon, 1952. Apparently this means I'm charismatic, intelligent, confident, powerful. And they're naturally lucky and gifted. Well, I wasn't very lucky in 1981, was I? Anyway, best be going. It's good to speak to you. Uh, take care. Dennis.
0: So, after we get a couple of verses and choruses, we get some solos, and, and there's a nice, nice solo here from Adrian in particular. Um, so, I enjoy the solos. Can't say I'm After that we get these cliched gappy bits where they sort of play guitar, then stop, and then play it again. Um Yeah, you know, let's let's just play it. And the last time I remember this happening, that's can play with madness? Wasn't keen on it then either. And the song ends, it sort of, Bruce holds the note, the chosen one bit, and that, that sounds okay, if he just ended it, and then if it had just cut out as he's ending that note, that would have been good. But it goes on, and then it stops, and then it tinker about for a few bars, and then, then we get a silly yeah at the end of it, and that just adds to the unserious nature of the song. And I will say, yeah, song, I think it's more like a ditty than a song. Um, a ditty is a, a simple, short song. So yeah, overall it's the usual Iron Maiden theme We get a fall, an angel It was Lucifer And this whole good and evil thing So yeah, no new territory there The song was written by Adrian Smith and Steve Harris And this isn't a songwriting pair We've seen much of so far Which is quite strange um, And actually this is the first song They've written together Since the Number of the Beast album Let's hear from Steve Harris it's Steve Harris's Diary Mr. Steve is Diary Mr. Paris is Diary Mr. Paris Harris'
1: Diary
0: July 2000 Did a gig in Manheim last week But Yannick only went and fell over He slipped in, didn't he? During his solo in Yoncall?
2: And fell into the photographer's pit Oh, People throwing beer on stage, I imagine. I told the press we were very concerned, but made sure to go back on
0: and play the last two songs for the fans while Yannick was in pain in the ambulance. The show must go on, you know. Although, we didn't get to play Sanctuary, as time ran out. It's a good job Adrian could remember the solo for s'rallowed. But he ain't having it back. It's Yannick's now. It's a shame we've had to cancel the next few shows in Bulgaria and Greece. Yannick's got a rest. It's hard for him to keep still. I just use the time to go shopping. I need some new vests. Phew, I did a search on AOL for Steve Harris the other
2: day. Search engine thing. I was on there. This website said I was a bass player and Iron Maiden. So that was right. It's good, is it? This World Wide Web.
0: It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's
2: diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. Steve
1: Harris's
0: diary. Now, there was reference there to when Yannick fell on stage, and uh, a few people mentioned that in some comments a couple of weeks back. They they compared Yannick's fall, uh, or sorry, slip, to my slip up over the mercenary when I said that it wasn't played live. So yeah, that that came back to mind. And funny that the fall is mentioned in Steve Harris's diary. So yeah. Thought I'd mention that in this episode. But back to The Fallen Angel though and that was only played seven times live so they clearly didn't think it worked and actually you can see for yourself because there's TV footage of one of these performances in Argentina and you can tell it's, it's not a very exciting choice and yeah, they must have realised this because as I said before Bruce has to sort of stretch a bit to, to fill all the syllables in in that space of time and as a result of that he's not moving about so much because he's got to be a bit static to sing it. You know, it can't run around, so it loses a bit of energy. Now, overall, yeah, I don't think I like the song that much. And I was told last week that I was kind about Dream of Mirrors. That's what Kirsty Prince said on Twitter. She said that you were kind to it. And that's code for her thinking that perhaps it isn't a good song. Um, so I responded by saying there were more good bits than bad bits. But this week, yeah, the verse is okay. The solos are good, but the rest isn't so good, so... Right, give Trevor a ring.
2: Hi Wayne.
0: Hi Trevor, how you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm all right.
0: Did you get any cards for Valentine's Day? No. Alright, None off any gladiators or eighties children's T V presenters? No. I had one. Alright. Yeah? I got a card.
2: Was it off your mum's friend Christine? Yeah. Well, I don't need cards to know there's love out there. Or the nice comment about my poems. Right, Melissa? About the mercenary episode. That was nice.
0: Well, it's not all love out there. Uh, there was Jim McGrath on Facebook. He took offence to your comments. What comments? He said that T-Rev saved the show. That's what he said last week. And he said that T-Rev didn't save the show. And he used a red face emoji. And you know what that means? What? He He was angry. Oh, yeah. He said that since the trooper... It's been a slow and agonising death. I think he means your poems, hopefully not the podcast.
2: Well, it's a bit harsh. He must have missed the the poem in Afraid to Shoot Strangers.
0: Was that the one where you were an ice cream man?
2: No, that was a clairvoyant. Yeah, also, yeah, I think more recently, Fortunes of War, that was a good one.
0: Okay, so you can think of two good poems then?
2: Well, obviously there's more... Just thinking of ones you might like, if you like the Trooper.
0: OK, well, uh, anyway, um, what do you think of this song, The Fallen Angel?
2: Well, yeah, probably the low point of the album, but quite solid overall. Just no real exciting moments. It's a like a Fredo frog.
0: A Fredo frog? Yeah. The chocolate snack?
2: Yeah, well, it's a brief treat, and there could be more to it, but maybe it feels right as it is. When you finish... You want more chocolate? Something more substantial?
0: OK, well, fredos they've gone up in value over the years, haven't they? So has this song, has that been of more value to you as time's gone on? No. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Dr Faustus. You know, the theme of a fall and the mention of an angel. Have you read it? No, but I feel like I have.
2: Well, I don't think it's that, length, you know, despite what you just said. I mean, there's hardly any lyrics in the song. But Jim McGrath doesn't like that, does he? Well, he probably does. Just, yeah, because I am maiden, then get away with it.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I suppose you've maybe fallen um, as a poet based on these comments. Maybe you can rise again.
2: I'm not sure I need to. Hey? Well, poets expect criticism. You can please some people sometimes, but you can't please all the people all of the time.
0: Is that Bob Marlowe?
2: No. An older quote than that,
0: isn't it? You can fool some people sometimes. No, I think it is that might be more appropriate for your poems.
2: That's not very nice, anyway. I haven't fallen, I've grown, if anything. Oh, those early poems, oh, Running Free that was about a runny nose, wasn't it? And there was one about a phantom parking his car in Asda, Asda supermarket. I bet listeners have enjoyed the journey of my rise.
0: Well, I'm not sure, I mean imagine some might have got off the bus by this section of the show.
2: Well, anyway, we've got a good one this week.
0: Okay, we'll, we'll soon find out, won't we?
2: Yeah. It's called The Lollipop Lady.
0: The Lollipop Lady? Yeah. How's that about a fallen angel?
2: Oh, well, i wait and see. You ready? Yes. Each tired morning, when cascades of grey awaken and darken, and stir long-forgotten thoughts. She stands within the fog, a vivid, vibrant beacon. A release from the clouds, some warmth from the past, a smile to transcend time, to stop traffic and take me on a journey. A child's trust, so fragile, I followed her into the jaws. I did not want to go, as men heckled and hooted. Safe within her grasp, I did not want to let go, but the hand was pulled away. The seasons changed, and they cannot carry the torch of this fallen angel, for she still stands there forever.
0: Okay, I'm not sure I quite followed that, but it's about a lollipop lady.
2: Yeah, suppose about my feelings, mixed emotions. It's a shame you can't see it written down because I've invented this new thing where the first verse had six lines, second five, then four, three, two, one. That's exciting, isn't it? Like a countdown.
0: Does that symbolise anything? The fallen num- the falling number of lines?
2: Maybe. You mean what you like?
0: Does that mean you don't know?
2: No. Means you, you can mean what you like. That's art. Powerful imagery, the beacon, the light, the torch, the lollipop.
0: Well, okay, don't say lollipop, that sounds like you're talking about sweets.
2: Very important people.
0: Well, you could be like, why, why is it Lollipop Lady? That's
2: what it's about, it's about the lollipop lady.
0: Well, can you, are they called something else these days? Doesn't matter. Well, people in other countries might think it's a lady that sells lollipops.
2: No, it's a lollipop lady.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, okay. If you, I'll explain it. Lollipop ladies stand outside schools and help you cross the road.
2: Yeah, I think everyone know what a lollipop lady is. They have to patronise the listeners.
0: Listener. Okay. Well, anyway, um, thanks for that. We had some comments actually about your employment uh, dilemma. You know, when you're trying to sign off an email. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think it was Andrew Dubroy talking about the, the warmth of regards and how warm do you get. Like, hot regards would probably be inappropriate.
2: I've never had hot regards.
0: Yeah, well, it's quite useful. I've forwarded it on anyway. Oh, thanks. OK, well, next week uh, we've got The Nomad. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that one.
2: Yeah, that would be good.
0: Yeah, so if you could uh, prepare a bit for that and, uh, yeah, speak to you soon.
2: OK, thanks, Wayne. Bye.
0: So there we are then, another song... And yeah, it it possibly is the low point on the album, as Trevor says, but uh, I think that shows the strength of the album. Because if this was on any of the '90s albums with Bruce, this would be mid-placed if you were to rank the songs. You know, maybe even the top five uh, on Fear of the Dark. Uh, But you know, here it's just a sort of—it's not as bad as a filler, but it's—it's just sort of average. But it's done. Um, Three more songs to come. Uh, that's that's nice of this album uh, I had a message uh, off someone called Paul And uh, he says that He was sending a whatsapp message To the lads And uh, he was talking about Iron Maiden albums And he wrote the book of souls But it auto changed To the book of soups And he says Has anyone else had this problem Wayne And I'm going to say The answer no I don't think people do have this problem Most people just type souls I mean, Al and P are are perhaps quite close to each other. But, you know, maybe your messages to the lads. Maybe you talk about soup a lot. And it it sort of, the algorithm makes it think you're going to talk about soup rather than souls. Not many people do talk about souls on WhatsApp, do they? I believe. But thanks for your message. Although it does go on to say, if the Book of Souls album was a soup, what would it be? And that's quite annoying, because that's the sort of question I should be asking. But, uh, yeah, I guess if I was to describe that album as a soup, I'd probably go for minestrone. You know, it sounds quite interesting, uh yeah, from the ingredients, but some of them don't work. There's too many bits in it. And I often can't be bothered to finish it. And, yeah, probably be tinned minestrone. I feel like I haven't really fully appreciated minestrone. I think there's a lot of potential there. I'm sure I've had a proper minestrone rather than a tinned version then, you know, it might open my eyes. I don't know if I've started talking about the soup there or I'm still talking about the album. But, uh, yeah, that, that's my answer. That doesn't mean I want a lot of soup chat in the comments this week. So, once again, thanks for tuning in. Do you tune into a podcast? You just press play, don't you? Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening. And The Nomad next week, that's that's a treat. It feels like, I don't know, the midpoint of the album hasn't been as strong as the beginning. Let's see how it ends. And uh, yeah, track 8, The Nomad, coming your way next week So uh, yeah, see you then, bye bye